Hi everyone, welcome to the Page to Screen edition of the Yatkin County Public Library podcast, where each month we'll be discussing a book that has been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. This week we're changing it up a bit in that this book was adapted into a six-part television series rather than a movie. This month's Page to Screen book has Good Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, Witch. This is a 1990 fantasy novel written as a collaboration between the immensely popular English authors Sir Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, who are also both New York Times bestselling authors. This also happens to be quite possibly one of my favorite books of all time. So we'll be discussing the series adaptation that came out later as well, and the audience reception to the series as well as some of my initial thoughts on the book and the series. So Good Omens was originally published in May of 1990 by Workman Publishing Company. The book is an adult fantasy fiction novel, but the content could be appropriate for young adults as well. So this book spins a story about Armageddon told with absurdist British humor. The tone of the book is darkly humorous, upbeat, witty, and irreverent. And if you're a fan of Monty Python, you're going to want to read this book. The San Francisco Chronicle quoted that it reads like the book of Revelation rewritten by Monty Python. It also gives me serious Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy vibes. So if you like that book, then you would probably like this one too. It's serious subject material, but they put a really funny spin on it. Now, I grew up on dry British humor. My grandma was a huge Keeping Up With Appearances fan with the Bouquet family. I've always loved dry, witty humor. Frasier with Kelsey Grammer is one of my all-time favorite shows, but if that isn't your kind of thing, um, you don't like that kind of humor, then I'm not sure that this is the book for you because it is a lot of that. I picked this book up at a a used bookstore years ago because I was fresh off of reading Stardust by Neil Gaiman and was looking for some more of his work. I found Good Omens on the shelf for eight bucks, took it home and cracked it open and immediately began to laugh. My husband overheard me and wanted to know what was so funny. So I started rereading the intro to him and he started laughing too, so much that he wanted his own copy of the book and we had to share until we could get him his own. I've read this story multiple times over the years and have loved it more each time I read it. So for the book to be such an average size read, there are around 369 pages, so not super long, but there are a ton of characters packed into this book. So the main characters include Aziraphale, who's an angel, as well as a part-time rare book dealer. He lives on Earth and has been on Earth since the beginning of time. He's neurotic and fussy, but also sweet, and he has a penchant for fine cuisine and books. He runs a rare bookstore rare books bookstore, but it's really more of a collection and storage location for him as he can't really bring himself to sell any of his books. Same as Aziraphale, same. So Crowley is the other half in our main duo, and he is a fallen demon that has also been here since the beginning of time. In fact, he's the serpent in the Garden of Eden that tempts Eve and causes she and Adam to be cast out. The book describes Crowley as a demon that did not fall, but rather sauntered vaguely downwards. He's a loose living demon that likes rock and roll and fast cars as evidenced by his 1926 Bentley that he drives around in, that he drives around in, blaring Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. He's really a character, and even though as a demon your automatic assumption or notion is that he should be evil, right? But he is easily the best character in the whole book. Crowley and Aziraphale, they complement each other really well, and after living on the earth together for 6,000 years, they've worked out what you could call an arrangement in that they just try not to get in each other's way as they go about their angelic and demonic duties. So this arrangement finds its way into a friendship. Living on earth for so long, they've grown really rather fond of their lifestyles. So when they find out that the apocalypse is impending, they're not actually looking forward to it like their fellow angels and demons are. The impending apocalypse 
around which the book's plot is placed is slotted for the next Saturday. So at the beginning of the book, you learn that the apocalypse is about to go down. Within the next week, based on a book of prophecies written by Agnes Nutter, a witch and a prophetess that lived during the 17th century and was burned to death at the stake. Her story presents a subplot that we follow throughout the book through her direct descendant, Anathema Device, who is also a witch, but she has been tasked with riddling out Agnes's prediction so she can help prevent Armageddon from coming to pass. Newton Pulsifer is another character that becomes entangled with Anathema's story, and he's a wages clerk, but he's also a direct descendant of another character that lived during Agnes's time. Thou shalt not commit adultery, Pulsifer. And that's Newton's descendant, or, yeah, ancestor. So, Anathema and Newton are both descendants of these two characters that we meet at the beginning of the book, but we follow their story and it all comes together with the other main characters towards the end of the book. While these two are trying to prevent the impending doom, Aziraphale and Crowley are also looking for the Antichrist child who is missing, and so they're all trying to do the same thing, of course. They don't know it, but they're all running counterpart to the others and trying to achieve the same goal of thwarting Armageddon. The other major main character is Adam Young, who is a regular 11-year-old kid growing up in England, who, unbeknownst to himself and those around him, is actually the Antichrist. He has a group of friends, Pepper, Winsleydale, and Brian, that he is the unspoken leader of, and they call themselves the Them. So it's a couple of different plot lines to follow, but they do intertwine, unbeknownst, of course, to all the key players, and everything comes together in the end in this epic battle for humanity.